Josh is going to be very tough to beat. You always have to go with a guy who's considered the best in the world by far. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be. Josh Cohen and the home team. This is Josh Cohen and the home team. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine Studios. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. On the new ESPN 1063. Because every day above ground is a good day. It is the home team on the one-year anniversary of the day that sports stopped. And that all of us remember exactly when we knew that this thing was real. We're one year in as of today. We're not celebrating, but obviously we're paying notes because, um, well, there's a lot to be grateful for in the year that's passed. A lot of us learned a lot of things. A lot of us were challenged in a lot of ways, but ultimately most of us survived either physically or emotionally, spiritually, financially, occupationally. A lot of us made it through. Christina, one year ago today, you were sent home um, from work. A year ago today is when this the whole thing began. Was it a year ago today or was it the 13th? Oh, it was a year ago today, then the 12th, right? There was a night tonight, and then tomorrow it was... I think tonight was I was at the last game of the NBA, and then we came to work the next day, had a meeting, and then the next day we were gone for nine months. The 12th we were gone for, right, out of the office. Those of us, though, that are on the air and have been straight through, we've been in studio straight through, with the exception of when you or your filthy people get us shut down in the studio because of all your COVID-positive tests. Kamavika, you remember a year ago tonight vividly, don't you? Yeah, I was right where I'm at right now, actually, in Frisco, Texas, and FAU played Old Dominion, and we were super pumped. Florida Atlantic won a conference tournament game, getting set to play North Texas the following day, and then by 11.30 that night, there were going to be no fans allowed in the game the next day, and then by 11 a.m. the following day, it was done. Uh, Zip, and we were headed back to South Florida. So there are moments that, you know, the amazing thing about the human experience is, while we all share something in real time together, Everyone has a unique experience. We can all look at a wall painted purple and people will see and feel and think uh, different things. They will see different shades. They will feel different things from. So as this played out in real time a year ago tonight, many people realize, whoa, like it's come to America. Whoa, this COVID Chinese virus situation is here now. Whoa, why are they overreacting? Um, it wasn't for each individual to decide when it was real. It was only for each individual to know for themselves when it was real. And by it, I mean, we knew for months that there was a virus, that it was an epidemic that looked to be a pandemic. We, Kenny, remember, said it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We prepared this audience January, February, and March. Prepare yourself. Just know that this will affect us. It will reach us. And this will. But Americans are not proactive. We are reactive we don't plan ahead we don't learn the metric system we are stubborn and set in our ways we go to the doctors not when we want to check things are good but to find out what's wrong we in typical american fashion expected this to not affect us we expected this to not end our uh ncaa tournament or make it remember initially fanless 
or suspend the NBA season. Um, Americans, in typical American fashion, did not go, let's, you know, uh, prepare, let's go ahead and, and buckle up and brace ourselves and be on the forefront here and proactive. Instead, it was, oh my gosh, uh, this thing is real. Let's buy every roll of toilet paper we can and just hoard the hell out of that. And hand sanitizer, don't forget. Yep. And sanitizer as well as that. So for many people, a year ago tonight is when sports stopped and it became real. Um, everyone has their own unique, as I said, experience and their own memory of when it was real for them. What we'll do early on here, I'll ask you guys and I'll ask the audience at 888-760-ESPN. What do you remember the exact moment? And it may have been a year ago today. It may have been St. Patrick's Day. It may have been not till April or May or someone that you know died. When, for you, was the pandemic real? When did you realize, oh my God, this COVID-19 thing, this coronavirus thing is changing my lives, our lives, changing the planet. This thing is really happening. Christina, you go first. What was the moment that you were like, wow, this thing is really actually real for us here? Mine was a year ago today because when we were at the last Miami Heat game, the last NBA game, it was me, all the teammates that I was with, it kind of hit us because sports stopped. And that's right. our, our life is, you know, sports and, you know, working in sports. And then also it got real because I think that was the first celebrity, Tom Hanks, he tested positive. And that's when it was like, right. oh my goodness, this is real. Did they finish that Heat game? Was it played to completion? Or? It was. Okay, so so the game was ending. And then it was over. and the, So they didn't end it short. They didn't end it short. All right. And so, we were on the bright line freaking out because that's when the NBA stopped so, the season. So which one was it for you? Was it when they said, oh, Tom Hanks, actor Tom Hanks and his wife, Reed Wilson, uh, have both tested positive. Was it that or was it when the NBA said uh, we're going to postpone the season for now? I think it was really the NBA. The NBA for you. Yeah. Kamavika, where were you and what do you remember the moment? Because remember, it's not just tonight for people. There are thousands of people listening right now, some of which are like, for me, it wasn't until after St. Patrick's Day. Or for me, it wasn't until the governor locked down the state. Or for me, it wasn't until June that I realized that this wasn't some hocus-pocus nonsense. People were misled in politics or were biased in some capacity, and it became a political issue. The reality was... You knew it was an epidemic in Asia. You knew that it was becoming a pandemic. And if you were just reasonable, you had to understand it's a matter of time before it would be here. That's why things are viral. Videos go viral. People go viral, which means super spread quick. And all of a sudden, it's everywhere all the time. Kenny, what was the exact moment for you that, uh, yeah, coronavirus, COVID-19, this thing is real. And, yep, it's here. Well, for me, it actually was earlier in the day, this day, a year ago, when the Warriors made the decision to not allow fans into the arena for the foreseeable future. And that, to me, was the realist, oh man, uh, it, it truly wa- has hit the big four sports. When the Warriors in Oakland, Alameda County uh, decided, or San Francisco decided, we're not going to allow fans, the Sharks already decided they weren't, the Sharks were the first team to be like, yeah, no more fans, sorry, we're shutting that down. That's when you, 3,500 miles away, were like, wow, this is real. It's here. Yeah, because it was in this country in a major organization. One of the most famous, popular organizations in the country made the decision that we are not going to have fans. And then it it, it affected me directly when my livelihood was directly affected by the Conference USA tournament being shut down. So we saw the moments leading up. Remember, the the, the Ivy League said they will not have a postseason tournament. Uh, and then we were like, uh-oh, that's a bad sign because there's a reason why they're the Ivy League. They're well, smarter than everybody else. What was the tennis else. tournament, Josh? Like two weeks prior, what was the tennis tournament that got canceled Indian, was because it Indi- of COVID? Was it Indian Wells? 
Yeah, it was. You're right. It was Indian Wells. And that was the first indication where I remember you and I talking about it, where we said to ourselves, That's a bad sign. Oh, man, here we go. Yeah, Yeah. that's a bad sign. But we were aware, obviously, of this. And we spoke about it during Up to Speed or This Just In. And we Mm -hmm. talked about it on the air. People, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It will be here to what degree and when exactly, we don't know. And then we found out. But when the Ivy League said, we're not going to have a tournament, and remember the NCAA said, um, there'll be no fans of these games, right. people were outraged. Right. And people were furious. And people were like, wait, what? This is, so fr- this is crazy. And then LeBron, when told they may play games without fans, he said, I'm not playing games without fans, because he spoke out of class. He spoke out of turn. Mm-hmm. LeBron making that, I'm not playing without fans. It's crazy. Like, I need the fan. And then... A couple days later, or the next day, actually, he apologized, and then he explained, well, what I meant was, I really don't want to because the fans are such a part of our game. We get so much energy from them. We rely on them so much, blah, 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 blah. But I was home a year ago tonight in real time watching as games were postponed. Fans were sent home early. I had that game on with the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jets. Well, no, Oklahoma City Thunder, excuse me. Yeah, when right. It was, like, it was an OKC. Go- yeah, and the PA announcer came on and said, ladies and gentlemen, due to unforeseen circumstances, tonight's game has been postponed. Don't worry, we're all safe, but you must all please just go home. Thank you, and good night. Uh, you know what I had forgotten about is, remember when uh, Nebraska head coach Fred Hoiberg at the at the Big Ten tournament was uh, hospitalized, uh, and uh, people were panicked that he had COVID, and so they locked down the Nebraska basketball team. They weren't allowed to leave the arena, and it, had and to it do turned with that. out he had influenza. A. Yeah, right. Had nothing to do with it. Um, yeah. So for everybody, it was a totally different moment. I remember when on the news, then it became actor Tom Hanks and his wife, actress Rita Wilson, have announced they both tested positive. That, I think, for me, was when it was real. Yeah. That was for me. Not not because Tom Hanks' life means more than anyone else's, and not because Tom Hanks, in some way, is like, ooh, that's another level. No, it's not that at all. The point was, there are now mainstream, popular, iconic celebrity types who are admitting they have this virus, which is going to be the most helpful part of all of this. Because had there not been a Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson admission that night, lots and lots of people wouldn't have taken it seriously because it takes something like that for them to realize. Yeah, It takes sure. something Drives like that to realize yeah. that, oh my goodness, if it can happen to them, it can happen to me. Sure. If it can happen to, sure. like, which is so stupid, but it shows you again our fascination and infatuation with fame. There is yeah. no well, drug more intoxicating than fame. There is no drug more blinding than fame. Fame makes single mothers allow their nine-year-old boys to go sleep with a 45-year-old man in his bed, out of contact, out of her sight for days to weeks on end. That's Michael Jackson we're talking about. Fame causes people to stand at the side of the road and cheer for O.J. Simpson fleeing in a white Bronco as the accused murderer of his wife and his... Well, ex-wife and her friend, Ronald Goldman. Fame is what makes people look past things. And it makes people um, willing to give the benefit of the doubt with things and with people. And with Tom Hanks' fame, that's another level of iconic fame. It wasn't, it wasn't actor Steve Buscemi. It wasn't actor Stephen Baldwin. It was Tom Hanks, Academy Award winner, multiple Academy Award winner, Cameron Nottomanee, Tom Hanks, America's most beloved. He's the Jimmy Stewart of the second half of the you know, of the 20th century, or at least the 21st century. Tom Hanks then made people go, oh my gosh, we got, this is real. This is serious. And people thought like, oh my God, he's going to die. Like Christina, when you heard the news, do you think, oh my God, Tom Hanks might die? Uh, no, but that's, I, I was one of those people that was like, oh wow, this is real. Tom Hanks got 
got COVID-19. Yeah. This is actually a real virus and anyone can get it. You know, it's amazing. It wasn't until this summer when former President Donald Trump uh, was COVID positive and then needed to be transported to the hospital, to the Walter Reed uh, Mil- Military Hospital via Marine One, the helicopter. It wasn't until former President Trump was positive with the virus that many people then they felt it was real. Yeah. Kenny, there's a lot of people that didn't believe it was a real thing, didn't feel it was real until their president was diagnosed as positive. Yep. That was the wake-up call. That was the, oh, wait, it's not just the flu. Uh, and so that's obviously disappointing. That's obviously frustrating. Right. Uh, but on on this day a year ago, like I remember it, it seemed like, Josh, I don't know, from, from about 9 o'clock Eastern time on, it seemed like every three minutes there was another massive piece of news coming out. Yeah. Like everything, just the, the, the swiftness, the rapidness of how news was traveling, and that's only unique to our current modern day society it's unlike anything i can ever remember and we may not experience something but like that's that how the dominoes fall you see that's how it happens remember our first tell that there was going to be a problem was when the ivy league canceled their tournament nobody cares about princeton and harvard and yale playing <laughs> against each other yeah nobody freaking cares what happens is somebody wins they're a 16 seed they're a 15 seed and then once in a while they upset like, you know, Jim Herrick and UCLA got upset by Pete Carroll and, and Princeton in 1995. Right. That happens right. every 25 years. The last time yeah. that did happen, 1995, which is actually 26 years No, it's years shedding ago. tears over Dartmouth, though, not having its, uh, right. its tournament. It's not the ACC tournament, okay? It's not the Big East tournament. It's not the SEC tournament. But the point was, when the Ivy League said, we're not having this tournament, remember, we said, well, it's easy to say because it's not about revenue. It's easy to say because there's not TV dollars. Easy to say because you're not selling out Madison Square Garden. But there's a reason the Ivy League is the Ivy League because they're smarter than the rest of us. Getting into Harvard is slightly more difficult than Florida State. Yes. Getting into Princeton is slightly more <laughs> difficult than Valparaiso. Getting into Yale is slightly more difficult Barely. than Towson State University. Excuse me, Towson right. University now. So I was troubled by the Ivy League canceling their tournament because those are the smart people. And that means they know something we don't know. Yeah. And that means yeah. they know really what's coming and they are being proactive. And you remember, after the Ivy League canceled the tournament, it wasn't long before the NCAA said, all right, no fans. There'll be no tickets sold. There'll be no fans. And then it was, nope, March Madness is canceled. And then the NBA season was postponed, and then that was that. Yeah, that was really cute when the NCAA, for about a 10-hour span, was still planning on having the NCAA tournament after all of this. Of course they were. It's a multi-billion dollar money-making operation, Kenny. That television contract's in the billions. Yep, and then all the writing was on the wall that eventually that decision was going to be made. But I still remember, too, how surreal it was to be two weeks prior at the Honda Classic and every television two weeks earlier. has... Uh, it, it, yeah, yep. it, it, there, there's CNN on the televisions there, mm-hmm. and all the news is about all the deaths in Italy. Right. And all of the problems Italy was having, and it's real. you're living your life, you're having fun, you're sipping champagne, you're no, watching golf. But, but can you forget, we're Americans, we're America. That doesn't affect us. We don't right. care. When we We're have insulated. when we have two airplanes hijacked into the Twin Towers in New York City and 3,000 people die as a result, our world stops. When there's an earthquake in Chile or Mexico that kills five or 10,000 people, some massive tragedy on that scale, um, some people send a few 10 bucks via United Way 
uh, mm-hmm. you know, Red Cross via text message, but our world doesn't pause, let alone stop. No. no. In America, it doesn't matter to us and isn't real until it happens here. So right. it doesn't matter that they're all dying in Italy. It doesn't matter that what is really happening in China. They're not showing us. They're not telling us for good reason because that's how China operates, obviously. But you knew something's wrong regardless. Um, that's why life existed here until the last second. It's like, you know, getting that last sip out of the bottom of your glass because here comes the waitress. She wants to get your glass. You want to get that last sip of your yeah. cocktail. That's a great analogy. Yeah. That's that exactly that's what we were doing. That's who we are. We're going to get, we're going to, we're going to suck the ice in the bottom of our cocktail. The melted ice has got maybe a little remnant of tequila uh-huh. or vodka on it. And uh-huh. That's what we do. And then they take our glass or there's a tiny sip left. They bring us a new drink. We put that tiny bit, we pour it on top. We're not, For right? me, it's gross. When I have uh, when I have nachos, I got to use my finger to dig into that cup and get the last nacho cheese. Well, you, you That's use, what I was doing. You use your finger That's to do energy. what? To dig into what? Uh, to get the rest of the cheese in the um, in the cheese cup for my uh, my nachos. We well, like drinking, Josh. He just likes eating nachos. Yeah. Well, don't forget, he also eats nachos, extra jalapenos, and then vodka cranberries at hockey games. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's a double vodka, and that's the official Ken Levicka drink of hockey. No, that's your official Ken Levicka meal of Florida Panthers hockey is a giant thing of nachos, extra cheese, extra jalapenos, and then yeah. double vodka cranberry. And then you come walking down the aisle with it, and you were sitting, I think you were sitting next to me or one over, and you got you this tray. look. And I was like, because like you're, like you're Kenny Colon. Like you're the dude that has the gastrointestinal issues, right? Right? Uh-huh. Like, churning, like, right. like, forget Reckham Ralph. Uh, you know, Reckham Ralph. You're, you're, it's you're, a rectum. Yeah, you're, you're Ralphie Rectum. <laughs> like, you're Ralphie Rectum. You're Kenny Colon. You've got all these yeah. dietary gastrointestinal <laughs> issues, and so I'm like, I see you coming down the stairs, and you got this smile on your face, and you're holding that tray, but you're by yourself. It's not like you've got uh-huh. your kids or your wife or anybody no, else. No, no, it's and just And you've me. got this big thing of nachos and all this cheese, <laughs> and then you've got this vodka cranberry with a lime wedge. And I was like, and you wonder why you have problems with your rectum and your colon and your entire intestine. This is why. I know, I know. But in the moment, man, it makes hockey so much better. You should try it sometime. Just uh, be prepared for four hours later. You don't need that for live hockey. Live hockey is awesome. You know what's going to be awesome is to go back to live sporting events. Like, you know, obviously I've been at live sporting events, but Josh, I can't tell you how weird college basketball has been with no matter where you go, the lower level of seats are pulled back, the benches or individual chairs spaced out. It has not felt like basketball, period. No. It's, it's felt like t- calling scrimmages all year long. I can't wait for real live sports to be able to be attended again. I heard the uh, the legend, Mike Breen, on Greeny, who you hear weekdays here on ESPN 106.3, 10 a.m. till noon weekdays. Uh, Mike Breen talking about how he can't wait. They can't wait till fans can be back in the building because it changes the style of what they do. It's awkward for them to do the NBA Finals on a soundstage that's completely silent. Yeah. You know, they don't hear that crowd noise stuff that gets pumped through for television. So he's like, from way down to bang! Dagger! You know, he's doing his stuff, and it's just, you've got to fake that a little bit because you're doing it in empty gyms, totally. even though you're used to doing it in empty gyms for home games regardless. Okay. <laughs> Um, but, oh, would you stop? but the announcer's talking about, you know, that. So for me, like sports, they go, it unites us. When sports went away for three months, four months, people like, I remember walking out of this building. I remember walking out of our studios when the NBA had stopped and not all the offices here in our towers had sent everybody home. And it was five o'clock and I walked out of here and there were three people 
two men and a woman that were walking out of one of the offices, and we were in the breezeway together, and they looked over at our ESPN studios and all the banners, you know, with all the names of the shows above it, including, I think, Levitard's still up there because nobody got there to change it. None of these yeah, shows yeah, are still we, actually Yeah, we're really outdated. Yeah, and, right. and, yeah. And, and I remember the one guy saying, yeah, good luck to those guys. What are they going to do? And I was just three steps behind. I feel like saying, well, we're going to do, you know, shows, and we're going to do what we always do, but you wouldn't know. But the mentality was, good luck, sports people. Yeah. Good luck with that. If you're in sports radio and you didn't know what to do when there weren't games, you probably didn't necessarily have the background you should have before you got into talk radio. Because if all you got to talk about is what happened last night or what you think is going to happen tonight, then there's a whole lot you're missing out on. Like food and yeah. fun and stupidity and comedy and all the things of real life and reality that people are into. More people are into things other than sports than into just sports. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's into yeah. music, television, movies, Food, real life, stupidity, and funny more than there are people that just are into hardcore sports. So there was that. For me, sports is not the great unifier. It's not. It may bring people together, but let's be honest. Anytime a great play is made, half of the people there are pissed or hating, and the other half of the people are excited and joyful. That's winning and losing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, there was a buzzer beater earlier today that may have eliminated Syracuse from any NCAA tournament. Virginia beat Syracuse. When that shot went in, if the place was packed, half the people there would have been pissed, and the other half would have been excited. You know where, what brings people together? You know what actually unifies people? Music. Concerts over sporting events, yeah. 10 yes. times out of 10. And here's why. Here's why. You go to a concert, and you are standing there with thousands of people around you, and you are all singing the same words together. Mm-hmm. You are now part of this 20,000-person chorus. And you know how many times I've stood there singing along, and the person next to me, to my left, to my right, to my front, to my rear, and you make eye contact, is not in any way politically aligned with myself, is not in any way socioeconomically aligned, racially aligned, gender aligned, sexual orientationally aligned. We can be at a concert and we can have completely different views on things and feelings on things and religious beliefs and whatever experiences in life, but we're all singing the same songs back at the band as they do it and we're all joyful doing it. We're all soaking in that energy at a sporting event. Half the people want good things to happen. The other half want bad things to happen. Whoever's got the ball in their hands at that time. Concerts bring us all together. That's the unifying thing. That's what brings us all. That's what we need is for all of us to get to all be somewhere where it's gay, straight, bi, Muslim, Christian, Jew, Asian, Latino, Hispanic, black, white, rich, poor, young, old, all in one pit together singing along the words and enjoying the energy and the vibe from each other. That's the difference, Christina. I miss that so much. But that's the difference between sports. Yeah. Music is not divisive. Yeah. At a sporting event, Kenny, when the shot goes up, half the people there want it to go in, the other half hoping it doesn't. Yeah, and in our world, Josh, our sports talk world, uh, we've talked a lot about how uh, so much money has been lost because fans aren't at games. But think about what's happened to the entertainment sector and concert venues. Like, at least sports, there's TV deals, there's ways to grab revenue with sponsorships, things like that. The entertainment sector, and especially live music, that has taken, I mean, that's been obliterated. The roadies, the sound techs, 
the guys that drive the trucks, the guys that set up the stage, all of that, they haven't worked in a year. They haven't worked in a year. The guys and the gals. Nashville, destroyed. You forget, when those bars were closed, there's a lot of folks. If you go to Nashville, you can walk into a joint at 9 a.m. on a Monday morning, and there's a live musician performing with a tip jar. And that's how they make their living. That stopped. All that shut down, as you know. And then forget about all the theater shows. And forget about Broadway in New York. And forget about the lighting folks and the sound folks. And as I mentioned, the roadies and the guys that drive the trucks and drive the buses and all that. Not just the performers. You know, the rock stars are rich. The country stars are rich. Pop stars, they got their money. It's everyone else that puts on the concert, that stages the show. That's the thing there. Um, Greeny did something interesting today I thought was fascinating. He made his green list about the five moments in sports that we all remember exactly where we were, if you're old enough to have been alive when these things happen. Not when you remember, but all of us collectively. And Kenny, right. don't you know that uh, I agreed with four of the five? You absolutely know he I'm did. I'm sure. Yeah. You, uh, you, and, you and Greeny are in the same uh, wavelength. Well, I mean, he, he's just so smart, and he's right, and I'm a pop culturalist. Yeah. So I'm yep. always aware of like, well, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me, but I know it meant the whole thing to everybody. Um, but yeah, that's a discussion to be had for certain. Uh, we do have a busy day. We got Dean Thomas doing television in Vegas. He'll join us here uh, at the top of the hour. Stephen A. goes in a little bit on Jerry Jones this morning, uh, on the Jerry Jones comments from the press conference. We shall get into that and the idea of whether or not it's actually a compliment or more of a slight. I asked all of my followers on social media for the backhanded compliments because what Jerry Jones did yesterday, whether it was complimentary or not, was certainly backhanded. There's no way around that. Yeah. What he said about Dak overpaying and being taken advantage of financially, that's what those are backhanded compliments. We're sharing our most memorable backhanded compliments, and some of these are, um, good God, some of these are troubling. Some of these, be grateful you didn't say it. Be grateful that uh, you were on the receiving end, all things considered. It's the home team, CSPN 106.3. is Josh Cohen and the Home Team, broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine Studios. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. On the new ESPN 1063. John C. Cassidy, they are the first and last name in air conditioning. They are there 24 hours a day, even on holidays. You never have to leave a message. You never have to wait for a call back. That's not the Cassidy way. The John C. Cassidy way is the right way. Honesty and integrity and trust earned over 61 years and 24 hours a day, a live management pro answers the phone. Enroll, trust me on this, in the Cassidy Care Program. Save you time, money, and aggravation. 20% on all repairs to boot. 561-863-6750. 561-863-6750. They are the first and last name in air conditioning. They are John C. Cassidy. Ken LaVega is live in Frisco, Texas, in advance of the second round of the Conference USA basketball tournament. FAU, you, your boys won last night. We're shocked. Yeah. Because Tina yesterday said, see you tomorrow, Ken. Let and, us know you're on the airport. Yeah. In the airport. Yeah. She was hilarious with that. We were, you know, she was hating on you, and your boys won. Yeah, yeah, they did for a second straight year, and uh, good news, all of our COVID test post-game uh, have been successful. They're all negative, and so we're going to play a second game, unlike last year. Um, also, keep in mind, Dean Thomas has not communicated with this show all day. Yeah, what's going on? All no, day. He hasn't no, responded to us. For those that didn't learn yesterday, Dean is going to be on the desk this weekend for UFC pre-show and then the UFC post-show 
on ESPN2 and on ESPN+. Plus. Notice it's the weekend after the big fight card. Notice it's the weekend right. after the big event. It's, but it's a great in for Dean. You know, we've been working for 10 years on Dean on the air as a radio guest and as a radio co-host or sidekick and then as a radio host and then as a television personality and a television host. Dean's earned this, but it's taken a decade to get an opportunity to get to do this. So if he's not answering Christina's text messages about when did you want to do your dumb diary bit, um, there's a good reason for that. He's got a much (laughs) greater opportunity right now that he can't screw up. And I think I made him nervous yesterday when I said, hey, man, no pressure, but everything you've done and everything you were, this is the great, you have one shot at this. You're going up to the plate. The bases are loaded. Um, there's two outs. And you either got to get hit by a pitch to walk in the tying run. You got to get a hit. You got to do something to score that run or this World Series is over, bro. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I do think that we freaked him out a little bit, and I Good. think you freaked him out. Uh, and, I mean, he needs it. He needs a wake-up call. Uh, he's been able to just cruise through everything here the last couple of years uh, with his God-given abilities and God-given talent. But yeah. I really uh, would like him to communicate with us because he's not too big for the show. I couldn't be He more- actually did text me back. He Just now he did? No, he did 30 minutes ago saying, I'll let you know in a minute, and it's been 30 minutes. Wow, but yeah. you didn't let us know. Before. I didn't know until yeah. I just checked again. Uh, okay, check. well, good right. job, Tina. Yeah. yeah, thank you, though. This whole bit now is just... Cool. Destroyed. Thank you for that. Great job. Awesome. All right. Good so, stuff. so he'll. So, what are you doing? Checking other texts right now. What are you doing right now? No, I said, <laughs> let me know. Because right. he said, I'll get back to you. Up. No, he'll let us know. If we can do a segment's great. Otherwise, if those partners just cancel, just go ahead and cancel on him. You don't need him to endorse you anymore. <laughs> Clearly, he's too busy. He's too, too cool for us now. He's what? He's too cool for us. He now. thinks he's too cool. I mean, he make it yeah. one shot and get sent back to the miners. Who knows? I was going to say yeah. there might be a wake up call coming. The problem is he views us as the miners. That's the only problem. <laughs> so we're in right. the miners, and he's like, I don't want to ride those buses no more. I don't want to play minor league baseball with those guys. I want to come do this every week, which is what he should be doing, to be honest. It's where he should be. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's where he is right now. Looking down on us and uh, ignoring us and putting his priorities where they should be, and that is on bigger, better things than us. Make sense? Makes sense. Got it. I mean, you sound sad when you realize what I just said is true. No, I'm so happy for Dean and this opportunity that he gets. Don't worry. He'll screw it up. It won't last. Don't worry. I hope he doesn't screw yeah, it up. It'll be one and done. He'll be back here next week being like, yeah, they told me they call me. Did they? He just texts me back. Be like, your phone is dry. So who cares? Who cares that he texts you back? Is we it something for know. the show? Is it something important? It is. What's he said he'll make it. Make what? I have a Dean diary. I don't need music behind it. That's what he told me. Okay, great. We'll yeah. address that in 23 minutes when it actually happens. Okay? You don't need to text him Fun right now. Stuff. You know, he told you what he's going to do. You don't have to worry about that. Okay. What you got to worry about is Sports Center because that happens right now. It's being brought to you by Look at our that. good friends at Great Job, Christina. Uh, brought to you by our good friends at Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views, 29 degree beer made from scratch favorites. And this weekend on all the big TVs, Dean Thomas's face during pre show and post show for UFC Fight Night. How about that? How about that? Camel Vega Sports Center is all yours. All right, Josh, Miami Heat Center, Myers Leonard's been fined $50,000, suspended from Heat Team facilities and banned from team activities for a week for the anti-Semitic slurry made while playing video games on Monday. Leonard also will be required to participate in a cultural diversity program. Yesterday, Eric Spolster, Udinas Haslam, spoke out condemning Myers Leonard's comments. Appropriate too little or too much? Christina. Too little. I don't think it was enough. I think he... Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I... Again, he knew he knew the word. He didn't know the meaning, and he shouldn't have used it. I mean, you're a grown man. Don't be throwing insults around if you don't know what they mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kenny, too little, too much, or appropriate measure? 
I think it's appropriate. I yeah. don't know what yeah. I don't know what else the NBA and the Heat can really do, but Myers Leonard, if he ever wants to not be booed mercilessly in an NBA arena, again needs to take up Julian Edelman on his offer. Needs to yes. actually uh, commit to learning about the word and about Jewish history. So you know, it comes down to why we do what we do. You hope that this isn't a measure where people are like, well, you can't say that word. You hope this is something where people go, well, what does that word mean? Why is it hurtful? And then why would you ever want to say that to someone and try and use words as a weapon? That's what you hope for. It's like you shouldn't not drunk drive so you don't get $10,000 fines and lose your license. You shouldn't drunk drive so you don't kill someone, so you don't cause a family to lose their children and their parents and that you don't die and give up your life in something as senseless as that. That's the motivation. You don't want this to be a case of, all right, everyone, just don't say these terrible words. You want people to understand why these words are terrible, why they're hurtful, how it feels, and why it is you'd never want someone to say that to your mother, your grandmother, your sister, your children, right? That's the there thing. needs to be onus taken on his, his, he needs to take onus and and understand this. Which do you think the cop would rather do? Which do you think the cop would rather do? Give Christina a $150 ticket for speeding or have to go to her house and notify her fiance, I'm sorry to tell you this, but she didn't make it. Wait, what? She didn't make it. From where? Home from work, sir. She's gone. Which do you think that cop would rather do? I promise you he'd rather write the ticket. Uh, yeah. Right. But what he'd really rather do is not have to write the ticket because you're afraid of the other result. That's what this is supposed to be about. Political correctness, the reason people had problems with it, including myself, is it doesn't address the issue. It says be a racist, be homophobic, whatever it is, just keep it to yourself. Just shh, just keep it to yourself. Education is what's important. If Myers Leonard would have known what the word meant, Probably would have saved himself $50,000 a week at work, the embarrassment, shame, humiliation that he, his friends, his family, everyone feels as a result of him being an idiot. So think about that. It's not, well, you know, you should pay. Who gets to learn what from this? Because ultimately that's what it should be. I didn't know that word meant what it meant. You didn't know. You're 23 years old. You didn't know. I didn't even know the word at all. How to Google it. Really bad keyword. And, and you may have said it because you overheard somebody else say it. Uh-huh. Could you imagine saying it but here again, in the office? That. Uh, oh, boy. No, yeah. Well, again, lose lose it. Yeah, I'd lose my job. Yep. But this is a 23-year-old Tina Costanza not knowing what it is. Correct. Uh, and what that word means. Correct. At Myers Leonard and Dave Hyde wrote a column in the Sun Sentinel. Like, oh, this is just a, a young person who uh, not that young. wasn't aware. But he's 30. Yeah. Right. Like, he's yeah. not that young. Like, you've got to have right. some some sort of worldview. The point is, before you decide to yell words at someone and insult them, um, think to yourself, are these words necessary? Do I need to use verbal daggers and, and verbal weaponry? And then number two, do I know what these words mean and are these appropriate words to say? I think that's what's important. The idea that you want yep. to hurt someone with words in the first place is really stupid. Yeah. You want to hurt someone and be like, yo, man, meet me in the street. Sure. Right? You bleep and bleep. Like, all right, who does that help? Who does that serve? Right. People lose right. their careers over using words they don't know what they mean, and he may be one of them. Kenny. Mercifully, in the wake of the Myers-Leonard controversy, the Heat play basketball again tonight. They come off the All-Star break. They're at home at the American Airlines Arena against the Magic. It's a 7 o'clock tip time. 
here on ESPN. Or 8 o'clock tip time. Sorry, I'm in Central Time and I read it wrong. 8 o'clock tip time, 7.30 pregame here on ESPN 106.3. Yes, sir. That is exactly right. 7.30 pregame, heat, magic, 8 o'clock is tip. Kenny. Duke has withdrawn from the ACC tournament, and they are unlikely to go to the NCAA tournament, a positive COVID-19 test within the program. Duke was supposed to play two-seed Florida State later on today. All right, sports guy, so how many years um, had Duke made the NCAA tournament consecutively? Let's see, 95, You're the sports guy, right? 20, 25 years. You're the sports guy, right? Yeah, because it was 1995. But I don't. I, the math is the problem, not me knowing the year. I sent you a text earlier, though. I said, "Hey, make sure you know these things." Was it 1995? <laughs> Did that was 1995 the last time they didn't? Yes, yes, 1995 is the last time. 1995. Re- that's. I know I'm right about that, but I don't know the math. I remember 15. I remember that tournament. I remember that day. I remember that being St. Patrick's Church Day, Monday. the tournament that weekend. Christina, he's right. Did you just say 15? No, 25. I, I corrected myself under my breath. It I don't know be, if you heard. It would be 26. It's, it's 2021. It's 2021, yeah. It's 2021, Ken. Oh, uh, yeah, 26 years. Close enough. Sure, we'll go with close enough. Mm-hmm. But um, I was right about that. Yeah. 1995 was the last time that they didn't make the tournament. Is that correct, Christina? Sure. Your yes. mouth is moving, but nothing's coming I out. Know. Do you, realize, do you yeah. realize you were doing that? Yes, I did. So your mouth kept moving, but there was no sound coming was out no, of your mouth. Yeah, no, nothing it, came out. It was like a ventriloquist act. <laughs> An opposite. It was like the opposite of a ventriloquist. Your mouth kept moving, but then nothing was coming out. There was no sound whatsoever. I remember March Madness 1995. I remember the opening day. I remember where I was. I remember how weird it was that, like, Duke wasn't on my bracket. Duke, what? Kenny, my bracket is in my pocket, and there's no Duke on there. It didn't feel real. It didn't feel right. Well... Think about this year. If you thought that didn't feel real, you're not going to have Duke. You're not going to have Kentucky, who bowed out of the SEC tournament earlier today. Uh, You are probably not going to have Syracuse involved after losing to Virginia. So think about how weird that's going to feel. I also remember that night of the NCAA tournament and Duke not being in the tournament and my bracket in my back pocket. Um, I remember I had a sports pager. I had a pager that gave you all the sports scores. The betting line and updated scores every five seconds so you knew what was going on in games. I'm at a Blues Traveler concert in like a club, in like a bar in a club. Yeah. With with my sports pager scrolling through my NCAA scores while people are passing around doobies, smoking the pot. And I'm more interested in whether or not South Alabama is hanging around with Memphis State. (laughs) Oh, man. I absolutely love that. You and your, you know, when you talk about the NCAA tournament back when you were in uh, like junior high and high school and your oh. interactions with teachers, I just remember NCAA tournament first two days, that Thursday and Friday it's in best. school, and best. that was you know where you would have the um, the, the com- your computers and you'd sit there and just watch GameCasts. The, this was the early iteration of GameCasts, and so you'd be sitting in like English class and waiting for updates of all the yeah. scores. You have your bracket. I miss those. That's days, a difference man. between you and I because we didn't have computers for all of us to have, or you know. Internet, we didn't have those things. We didn't have those things. What we had was radios in our pocket with an earpiece or a teacher that would give us updates and be like, yeah, they got bounced. Keep in mind, the games would start at noon, school's over 2.30, so you'd just get home as soon as possible, and then that was it. When I was in the eighth grade, I got called to the teacher's desk, got called to the front of the room, and uh, the teacher said, uh, Colin, get up here. And I said, uh, I didn't do anything. He said, I know that. Just shut up. Get up here. 
So I went to the front of the class. This was typing class, like, you know, computers or typewriters. I enjoyed that class when yeah, I had it. Typing. So he said, uh, get up here. And he opened up his drawer, and the drawer was also where the referrals were. And a referral would send you to the office for suspension or detention or expulsion. There's only three options, and none of them are good. Either internal suspension, external expansion, or detention. And he pulls out the drawer. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says, shh. And it was the bracket, Kenny. And he goes, I know you know your college hoops. Help me fill out my bracket. And wow. I said, yeah, That's so excellent. I got to skip the rest of my typing class <laughs> where you, you know, you just practice typing dumb stuff that's yeah. on, the, on the screen or on the board. And I got to pretend like I was de- deliberating over matchups, Kenny, because it would last longer and then I wouldn't have to sit there for the whole class and do any work whatsoever. I'm like, hmm. That's amazing. Like, George that Ta- is absolutely amazing. Like, Georgetown's a powerhouse, but here's the thing. In this matchup here, I'm not sure their bigs match up well. He's like, dude, stop stalling. <laughs> oh, that's right. great. And finally that's in Sports great. Center, go ahead, Kenny. David Culley, Houston Texans' new head coach, met with the media today, said, quote, there is no contingency plan. Deshaun Watson is a Houston Texan, and that's how we're moving forward with it. We're committed to him, as I said before. End quote, no indication Watson has any sort of commitment to the Texans. Yeah, and he's got no say in the matter. This Sports Center update was brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views, happy hour, Monday through Friday till 6, Jack Daniel specials, and of course, app specials. And remember, uh, never pay a cover ever for UFC, MMA, or boxing of any kind. They're your home for all the fights. Twin Peaks, Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard, West Palm, Pembroke Pines, and Davie. Home team, ESPN 1063. This is Josh Cohen and the Home Team. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine Studios. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. On the new ESPN 1063. Speaking of Anajar and Levine and that legal team, shout out Glenn Levine. Spent all that time with me this week. Much appreciated. If you have been involved in an accident like I was, or you got injured on the job, or you have workers' comp issues, medical malpractice issues, nursing home abuse or neglect issues. Just call Anajar and Levine. With that one call, they will handle everything. They will take care of it all. Uh, They see to it that justice is served. They see to it you receive maximum compensation. And they see to it the insurance company does not try and job you like they would otherwise. 1-800-747-FREE. 1-800-747-3733. For Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys, they don't just practice the law. Practice what they love, which is the law. So I guess it works out good for them. I mean, Kenny, technically, if what they loved was candle making, they're in the wrong line of work, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I made a candle this past weekend. You made a candle this weekend? Oh, cool. Yeah, we did, we did candle making on my bachelorette trip. Is that what you do when your mom drops you off at daycare? You make candles and stuff? No, I don't think they'd have that at daycares. The wax is very hot. Oh. Yeah. Well, we played with wax when we were kids. We would melt crayons on the radiator at school. Everyone did that. Did you not have a radiator in your school? Um, oh, you I, went to school down here. You didn't need radiators. Yeah, no, yeah. never done Kenny, that. you've melted crayons on radiators and then put your finger in it and then made your finger into a crayon. Yep, you're damn right I did. Yeah, it's a rite of passage of it being was from awesome. the North. It, see, yeah. It, th- that's, yeah, exactly. That's why you need to at least spend some time in the North as a child because down here, I, I feel like there's a lot down of missed opportunities with, with kids who, who grew up down in South Florida because you don't sled, you don't ski, you don't melt crayons on radiators and then make your finger yeah. cram. I mean, like, it's missed opportunities. Yeah, there's lots of ways to get injured and scarred during winter months, sledding, yep. snowballs, For icicles, sure. things like that. All right, so Jerry Jones backhanded compliments at Dak Prescott 
We're not lost on the crew from First Take. We're not lost on uh, Stephen A. Smith and others that were like, why did he have to say, take advantage of me financially? Or why did he have to say overpaid? We talked about it yesterday. I asked the audience on my social media for this show, mine, at Josh Cohen Radio, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The most backhanded compliments you've received, the most memorable backhanded compliments you received. Um, so let us share some of them with you. Happy Trail Prosper something says, uh, you dance good for a chubby girl. Oh. You dance good for a chubby Someone told her, you dance good for a chubby oh, girl. Goodness. That would be God. a backhanded compliment. Yeah, that's a back. Yeah, that's not nice whatsoever. No. Um, that's really miserable. Yes. Someone from the luxury PR group, who in full disclosure, I also consult and represent, uh, replied, you look good with the extra weight you put on. You look good with the extra weight you put on. Again, another weight-related, appearance-related, that's even more uh-huh. hurtful. Yeah, that's hurtful. I would hate to hear that. It is indeed. Um, my buddy DB, uh, he used to date, uh, the, the, of course, icon, Venus Williams. Uh, he said he heard people say to Venus, quote, oh, you're so very pretty in person. Oh, you're so very pretty in person, which implies on television, you're not. Yeah, wow. That's a backhanded compliment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out DB. I miss you, bud. Uh, yeah, he loves him some Ken Levicka. Uh, the David, the David Judas says, quote, your shoe size gives me confidence. I won't be disappointed later this evening. Whoa. Your shoe size <laughs> gives me confidence. I won't be disappointed later this evening. Well, is that a backhanded compliment? Yeah. Compliment. That sounds like yeah, a good compliment. That's like an, unless, yeah, that's unless like later. A, an expectation. One at a time, kids. One at a time. We can all talk at once. <laughs> we can sing at once. Christina, you were saying. That sounds like more of a compliment. I told him that was a humble brag. Ken, that's more of a humble brag than it is a backhanded compliment, no? Yeah, and that's more of like an expectation, too. Like, there's nothing backhanded about that. That's an observation turned into a, hey, this could be good. That's a humble brag. Uh, The most memorable backhanded compliment you ever received, Dak Prescott, rest of his life, will never forget that press conference, will never forget being referred to as um, an overspend. Uh, we'll never a bargain? As a, a, no, he wasn't. No, he was not described as a bargain. He was described as the opposite. Yeah. Jerry Jones said, "Anytime I've overpaid, so he'll always remember being thought of as overpaid for." Okay. Yeah, and, and then he added, "Anytime anybody's ever taken advantage of me financially, financially right. I'm glad that it's the man sitting to my right." And you know, so I've had a little bit of a change. Well, of hold on, Kenny. Hold on. Because there's, when there's, I read, hold on, Ken. There's more of these. There's more of these still. Okay. Uh, M-I-K-3-F-L says, you look decent for 43, and he says, I'm only 36. So oh. that's a backhand compliment. Yeah. Okay. Kenny, you were saying? Uh, I've changed my tune a little bit on uh, how I feel about that comment from Jerry Jones. I, I really think it was well, hold on, hold on, then. Hold, on uh, hold on to that. I want to get your take on the other side, all right? Because the Jerry okay. Jones comments are still being saw and thought of as either a backhanded compliment or a compliment, but not just flattering. It's just of the options, the, the worst two options are the only ones that remain. You said Dean is good to go, so we'll go to Vegas and he'll check in with us? Yes. Okay. The last text said, I'll call you when I want. Yeah, Jerry didn't say Dak was a bargain. He said he was the opposite. How do we get in the topic of bargain? Because he said, anytime that I've overpaid for something, it's worked out better for me in business. Anytime I got a bargain, it was just that was a bargain. It wasn't worth anything. Oh. Because you heard him say it yesterday. I did. You were watching him say that yesterday. Yes, and we were watching his hands, everything. And you also used some of your body language that you've learned. You used it against your fiance last night. I was trying to, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, do you feel this way instead, actually? Yeah. All right, good. Uh, We got uh, another busy second hour, which just means we never get done what we're supposed to in the first hour. 
Shocker. Home Team, ESPN 106.3.